This is Your Path with Bishop Mark from Dallas Universal Life Church in Dallas, Texas. Forget what you think you know about church. Good afternoon. The Jews attached great importance to the high moments of life. Thus, a wedding was not just a brief ceremony, but an experience shared by the entire community. The typical wedding feast could last up to seven days. Now, that sounds strange to our modern way of thinking, but this offered a bright interlude in an otherwise very dreary existence. The ceremony would begin on Tuesday at midnight. After the wedding, the father of the bride would take his daughter to every house so that everyone might congratulate her. It was a community experience. Weddings were a time of joy. Years ago, when Johnny Carson was the host of this night show, many years ago, he interviewed an eight-year-old boy. The young man was asked to appear because he had rescued two friends in a coal mine outside his hometown in West Virginia. As Johnny questioned the boy, it became apparent to him that the, and to the audience that the young man was a Christian. So Johnny asked him if he attended Sunday school. When the boy said he did, Johnny inquired, well, what are you learning in Sunday school? Last week came his reply. Our lesson was about uh, when Jesus went to a wedding and turned water into wine. Now, the audience roared, but Johnny tried to keep a straight face. Then he said, and what did you learn from that story? The boy squirmed in his chair. It was apparent he hadn't thought about this. Then he lifted up his face and said, if you're going to have a wedding, make sure you invite Jesus. The little boy was on to something. Weddings are a time of joy. At the wedding which Jesus attended in Cana of Galilee, there was great joy, but a problem developed. There was a shortage of wine. Not only was that a social embarrassment, it was also a symbol. For a wedding to run out of wine was an omen that there was little chance of this particular marriage reaching its full potential. Maybe joy was not meant for this couple. So Mary approaches Jesus and asks him to do something. His response, why do you involve me, woman? It sounds harsh, so unlike him. And it has long puzzled biblical scholars. But you have to look at this, at this scene in its historical context. Jesus at this moment had not performed a single miracle. He was 30 years old and had just gathered together his disciples. He knows that if he performs a miracle, the clock will start ticking and will not stop until he gets to Calvary. Crowds will flock. Investigators will be dispatched. Is this the appropriate moment? He concludes that it is. Everything seems to be in place, so he makes his move and gives his first public sign that he is different. He transforms water into wine. It is a crucial moment for Jesus and the disciples. First, let's take a look at the miraculous sign. It was a custom in that time to serve the best wine first and lesser at the end of the celebration. Now, let's be honest. We are not talking about taste. The best wine contained the higher percentage of alcohol. It takes time to ferment wine, and time is money. So, when this fermented wine is presented to the master of the banquet, near the end of the festivities, he is impressed. The earlier wine had been good, but this wine was better. But this was not the miracle. The miracle was known only to a few, the disciples and the servants, who brought the water in, and it seems to Mary, who knew about it even before Jesus. Turning the water into wine has long been viewed as one of Jesus's more unique miracles. Poor planning has caused this wedding to grind to a halt. Mary asked Jesus to resolve the issue. 
is imposition on 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 her son, but mothers are used to imposing upon their children. Jesus is not pleased. What is this to do with me? I am not the caterer. It makes you wonder if Mary knew Jesus could uh, whip up a batch of wine at will, or whether she simply expected him to go out and get some. I tend to think she knew. She knew he possessed powers, that he could perform a miracle. The scriptures say this was his first of his miraculous uh, signs. I think it was more like his first public miracle. At this crucial moment, the beginning of his ministry, a second thing is done. His glory is revealed. It is remarkable that Jesus chose to start his ministry with this miracle. By all measures, it is not one of the more flamboyant. It wasn't on the scale of pairing the, uh, sorry, parting the Red Sea and uh, crushing the Egyptian army. And it certainly isn't as verifiable as raising Lazarus from the dead. In no way is it as public as the feeding of the 5,000. The servants and the disciples seem to be the only ones who know. In the end, Jesus' first miracle, the one that lets us know that the Messiah has arrived, simply corrects a bit of poor planning on the part of the wedding caterer. It's almost, it's almost anticlimactic. The story ends in this way. In this, the first of his miraculous signs, he revealed his glory. Why this one? Why not a more theatrical sign? It is because this miracle defines Jesus' ministry. It is not packed with persuasive power. It is rather driven by humble acts of service. Philip Yancey in his book, The Jesus I Never Knew, describes it this way. The wine came from huge 30-gallon jugs that stood full of water at the front of the house. Vessels that were used by observant Jews to fulfill the rules on uh, ceremonial washing. Even a wedding feast had to honor the burdensome rituals of cleansing. Jesus, perhaps with a twinkle in his eye, transformed those jugs and ponderous symbols of the old way into wineskins, harbingers of the new. From purified water of the Pharisees came the choice new wine of a whole new era. The time for ritual cleansing had passed. The time for celebration had begun. Prophets like John the Baptist preached judgment. Jesus' first miracle, though, was one of tender mercy. Remarkable, isn't it, that his glory is revealed in this simple act? It is a small gesture made all the more remarkable because of whom it is. The master of the banquet being eloquent, served by the master of all things. It is a crucial moment. And in this moment, three critical things are set in motion. First, a miracle is performed. Second, Jesus' uh, glory is revealed. And third, for the disciples, their faith begins. Let me ask you, why do the disciples put their faith in Jesus? Is it simply the miracle? You must remember, they have only been with him a few days. They have seen no proof that he is anything else but a teacher and only heard a bit of his teaching. Is it the miracle that wins their devotion or something else? It seems to me that the miracle is part of it, but not all of it. Something else is at work here. Think of the history of Israel, how long they had been around. At this time in history, they have been around as, as a tribe and a nation for close to 2,000 years. Think of all the things they've been through. The beginnings in Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, 
Joseph and the hundreds of years of slavery in Egypt, Moses and the Exodus, the wandering in the wilderness, and the giving of the law, Joshua and the conquest of the promised land, the years of tribal war to gain possession of the land, the rise of the kings, Saul, David, and Solomon, the work of the prophets, the civil war and division of the kingdom, the Babylonian captivity, the return from captivity and the rebuilding of Jerusalem, then Alexander the Great, and the Hellenization of the world began 300 years before Christ. The Jewish nation had never gained independence again. It is into this world that Jesus steps. It is the world of Jesus' disciples. It's a Greek world, and their little region is now part of Rome. In a world, in a word, the nation's wine has run out. God seems to have abandoned Israel. The disciples, along with the nation, have lost hope. What are you going to do when the wine runs out? Let me tell you a rather bleak and tragic story about Ernest Hemingway, a Nobel Prize author known for his book, The Old Man and the Sea. He was a person who went for it all, newspaper reporter, ambulance driver during World War II, involved in the Spanish Civil War, friend to bullfighters as well as authors. He did it all. And when he did it, he did it to the fullest. In a manner of speaking, he enjoyed the wine of life. But there came a day when the wine ran out. Carlos, ba uh, Carlos Baker records it in his, bio in his biography of Hemingway in this way. Sunday morning dawned bright and cloudless. Ernest awoke early as always. He put on the red emperor's robe and padded softly down the padded stairway. The early sunlight lay in pools on the living room floor. He had noticed that the guns were locked up in the basement, but the keys, as he well knew, were on the window ledge above the kitchen sink. He tiptoed down the basement stairs and unlocked the storage room. It smelled as dank as a grave. He chose a double-barreled shotgun, the light choke. He had used it for years to shoot pigeons. He took some shells from one of the boxes in the storage room closed and locked the door and climbed the basement stairs. If he saw the bright day outside, he did not deter him. He crossed the living room to the front foyer, a shrine-like entryway, five feet by seven feet, with oak-paneled walls and a floor of linoleum tile. He slipped in two shells, lowered the gun butt carefully to the floor, leaned forward, pressed the twin barrels against his forehead, just about the eyebrows, and tripped both triggers. It happens in our own lives. The wine runs out. We become strangers to ourselves and we have nowhere to go. What are you going to do when the wine runs out? It is a sad truth that we usually don't come to God until we have a need. Jesus was not approached until there was an emergency. We are the same way. We usually come when we have a need. I'm not saying that this is right or even desirable. I'm simply saying that it is a fact of life, that religion for most people is a 911 affair. Mary came to Jesus when the wine jars were empty. You will come too, but not before you are drained and exhausted, and when life's unpredictable demands bring you to your wit's end. The disciples put their faith in Jesus not solely because of a miracle, turning the water into wine, but because 
the nation of Israel, the people of God, were ready. The nation's wine was gone. The disciple, the disciple saw in Jesus new wine, a new way, a new teaching. Who knows? Perhaps he could even be the Messiah. Jesus changed water into wine, but soon he was to transform their ordinary lives into a new exhilaration. I suppose at one time or another, we've all heard the Myra Brooks, Wel Myra Brooks Welch poem, The Touch of the Master's Hand. Was battered and scarred, and the auctioneer thought it scarcely worth his while to watch to, to waste much time on the old violin, but he held it up with a smile. What am I bid, good folks? he cried. Who will start bidding for me? A dollar, a dollar, then two, only two, and two dollars, who make it three? Going for three, but no. From the room far back, a gray haired man came forward and picked up the bow. Then wiping the dust from the old violin and tightening the loose strings. He played a melody, pure and sweet, as sweet as the angel sings. The music ceased, and the auctioneer with a voice that was quiet and low. Now what am I to bid, am I bid for the old violin? And he held it up with the bow. A thousand dollars, who'll make it two? Two thousand, and who'll make it three? Three thousand, once, three thousand, twice. And going and going and gone. The people cheered, but some of them cried, who did not quite understand. What changed its worth? Swift came the reply, the touch of the master's hand. He touches the wedding and lifts it, not just with the miracle, but also by his presence. He takes this ordinary wedding and he transforms into that which is extraordinary. He takes a fisherman by the name of Peter and transforms him into the great preacher of Christendom. He takes a studious but quite insecure young clergyman by the name of John Wesley and uses him as the litmus for one of the world's great revivals. He takes a young, frail, and frightened girl by the name of Teresa and transforms her into a Pulitzer Prize of Peace by the name of Mother Teresa. He takes that which is ordinary and transforms it. Everyone else serves the cheap wine near the end, near the end uh, but he saves the best till last. The lesson was not lost on the disciples who joined him at the wedding that night in Cana. Don't let it be lost on you. Amen. Okay, announcements. Announcements. All right, here we go. Oh, it's going to be a little slow on us today, huh? There we go. Pray at DallasULC.com. Pray at DallasULC.com. Uh, this is uh, where you would want to send us an email if you have prayer requests. Uh, you can choose to remain anonymous or give us your name. Uh, we pray every day here at Dallas Universal Life Church. Uh, you can ask for us to pray for you during the week. You can also ask for us to uh, enter your prayer requests into our uh, Sunday uh, prayers of intercession. And we'll be glad to do that. Like I said, you can remain anonymous or use your name. It's also a great place if you'd like to have a service dedicated to a loved one or a friend or family member, uh, either passed away or still here. It's a great way to memorialize somebody. It's also a great way to give a gift, uh, birthday presents, uh, graduation presents, things like that. I think it's kind of cool to have your your uh, name in the bulletin and then have it said there at the, at the service and have a, a service dedicated to you. I think it's kind of neat. Pray at DallasULC.com. Okay. Join the church and leave a legacy of helping others. We're asking you to download the Pray.com app. Okay, this is where 
every day I'm putting on a new prayer, so you can kind of follow along. It's nothing really elaborate or long. It's just a few lines. Kind of, you know, a uh, little bit of inspiration for the day. And every day I have a new prayer on there. Uh, it's also a place that you could go to if you decide to do your tithing online. Um, you can do all of your tithing through Pray.com. So a nice way to do it where you don't have to really worry about it. You can set it up and just have it ready to go and done. So uh, go down to Pray.com and get the app at the App Store or at Google Play. Uh, at the uh, Google Play and uh, look for uh, Galaxy Universal Life Church. And when you search for that, you'll find us. We'll just become a fan and we're ready to roll. Okay, Pray.com. You don't know we had a podcast. No. <laughs> we have a podcast. Yeah, guys. Uh, I tell you, um, I have so much fun with that podcast. I really do. Uh, I hope you all do, too. It's, it's different listening to the podcast than it is and being here or even watching it on YouTube. It's just something about it. I, 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 I really enjoy it in a different way. It's, I, I can always catch different things uh, happening. And, you know, just little little things that happen. I guess you just, you're just paying attention to other things when you're watching it. You listen to it, I think it's pretty cool. So check it out. We got One other nice thing about the, the podcast is we are sponsored now. So um, every time you listen to a podcast and hear one of our beautiful commercials, um, we get a little bit of uh, funding for the church. And, and that's huge right now. You could definitely use it. So um, you can check out our podcast by typically going to Google or MSN or whatever and searching for your path with Bishop Mark. And you can hear all of those places on Anchor, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, uh, Breaker. Spotify, Podbean, TuneIn, and Google Podcasts. I think I got them all there. Okay, so the two newest ones I do want to re- uh, recognize are Podbean, Podbean and TuneIn. Podbean and TuneIn are the latest two to pick us up, and we thank them very, very much for doing so. Go check it out, uh, Your Path with Bishop Mark. Okay. Compliments, concerns, suggestions, or complaints. Feedback at DallasULC.com. Feedback at DallasULC.com. Simply email us there. Pretty self-explanatory. All of those things, you can catch us at feedback at DallasULC.com. All right? That does it. All right. A bishop a day keeps the devil away. You're listening to Your Path with Bishop Mark from Dallas Universal Life Church in Dallas, Texas. So, well, I started out the round table. What do you like? What do you not like? What do you want to keep? What do you want to get rid of? Try not to be too stagnant around here and try to be able to change with the times. So, this is kind of your time to talk to me. I've talked to you for the last hour or so, so time for us to talk about whatever you want to talk about. We can talk about today's sermon, we can talk about things going on in your life, we can talk about whatever. Whatever you, you lead you on your path today. So, uh, I'll just kind of start it out saying today uh, we talked about in our sermon. The turning of water into wine by Jesus Christ, which was what? It was his first miracle, right? So, why was that such an important thing to happen? Why was it so important that we witness this first miracle? Um, What was it about the first miracle that was so interesting? Anything? Right, okay. Right, it's his first one, right? That's pretty big, right? Which first one to be a big one? Well, this one was, was kind of blah. I mean, compared to some of his other miracles, I mean, uh, my God, he, he raised a man from the dead. Uh, he uh, uh, fed, fed five thousand people with with nothing. You know, um, he parted the Red Sea. So, 
what was the explanation for why uh, why this was important that it was this particular miracle? Do you remember? Anybody? It starts his clock ticking. It does start his clock ticking. Yeah, that was, that was the thing that he kind of seemed like, you know, he's human. So you've got to understand, he still has human emotions. So he's, you know, he knows that once he starts that miracle, that that puts the ball in motion. It's, yeah, things are going to start happening now. And it all leads to where? It leads to, to Golgotha. It leads to, leads to you know, the, the crucifixion, his death. I mean, I, I don't know about you, but I, it's not really something I look forward to. And especially not in that way. Okay, that's one of the reasons. Yes. Another good reason is... Anybody? Actually, I'll help, I'll help you out here. Um, it was a type of of miracle that it was that I'm going for here. It was it was not you know it's this huge grand scene for everybody to see and him to get you know a lot of recognition for it. Not many people knew about it, but the whole point is this particular miracle defined his ministry. So I tried to say earlier, he was a, 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 a his his whole uh, idea, his whole ministry is of compassion and of being in service for others. So we talk about. We are men and women for others here. That's one of our sayings. Is Akwe Akwe Ali right there on the sign, which means men and women for others. Um, if we practice that every day, if you give to others, you give to others every day, not live this life for yourself, it all comes back to you. It all comes back to you in return. Um, it's not always exactly the way we want it. It's not exactly what we want, but you will get what you need to survive in this world and make it through. And God's not going to abandon you. Uh, just give to others. And that's that's kind of what. He's setting that stage for there. He's kind of saying, oh, look, this is what my mystery is. I'm, I'm not here to, to be a vengeful and, and, and domineering God. I'm here to be a God of compassion and a God for others and a God for you. Okay? That's what's important about that. They had some hellacious parties for, 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 for weddings. I'm telling you. Started on a Tuesday night at midnight, and they go and hit the, hit the town. And the, now, look, my daughter just got married. Go to every house and I mean, getting gifts everywhere. And, well, that's a heck of a that's a heck of a, a way to, to start a wedding, and for them to have an oh you know if you're out of line at the wedding your your uh, your your marriage probably is not going to last. Well, then we made it pretty big for the bride and groom, <laughs> you know. Um, yeah. I've been to one. That's it. Yeah. yeah. Go ahead. No, I was just you know I'm not really what to go off of on that. Just, you went to a wedding that was what now? It was similar to that, long like that? It was, it was long, but we all got twisted on the line. Okay, well, that's not uncommon. <laughs> uh, like, uh, I think it was my girl's like cousins or something, close relative. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of cute though, because you know, uh, you know how they do the whole uh, garter strap and oh, yeah. the flowers. Sure. She ended up getting the flowers, and I ended up getting the garter bell, the garter thing. And it was kind of funny because they did it the first time, and they were like, oh, that was weak. There was like, I don't know, like maybe six or eight of us. Guys. Oh, yeah. And like, it was just wasn't a very far uh, throw, or it didn't go very far. Like, you know, I had to run and get it, like, you know. But you got it. I got it, but hey. then they made us redo it. You know what that means, don't you? Yeah, well, then they made us redo it. Uh-oh. I didn't like the. Uh, you didn't like who got it? Like, <laughs> no, no. I made sure I got it again. Ah. And, um, you know, it was a little bit more appealing to the eye. Like, oh, 
<laughs> but um, I just find it's you know it's the only one I've been to. We were just we got there like at noon and we were there till like six. That's a long time. So, so think yeah. about that, but of it lasting like from Tuesday to Saturday. Yeah. Talk about that hangover. Then, uh, wow. Yeah, we were. I don't even know how we drove home. So we had so much fun. Stupid. So they didn't have glass after glass after glass. Even my mom, my girl's mom was. Um, she drove home, but we all drove like separate cars. It's, that brings up the, uh, one of the important points I, I always am preaching about and always kind of standing on my soapbox about, and that's moderation. Everything in moderation. I mean, I think if you, if you, we've been given gifts here. Okay? We, everything we have is a gift here. And if you overdo it, you shouldn't be. If you underdo things that you need to be, you know, doing, you shouldn't be. I mean, you're not living the way you should be living. And you have to live in moderation. But yeah, we all, we all have our, our moments. You know, it was just a big thing because her mom didn't really ever drink like that, so she Understood. didn't allow on that event. Well, what was so special? I mean, it was her mom's mom's niece or something, right? So yeah, if it was a cousin, was like my, yes, I don't know who it was exactly, but they they were family related, and um, you know they hadn't seen each other in a while, so it was just reconnecting. Okay, new faces. It's good to have those those meetings with family. Yeah. So back to where we were about this this miracle in Canaan. Cana, uh, there's three things we need to understand here. We've touched on all of them. Uh, first, the miracle is performed, right? Second, Jesus' glory is revealed. So they reveal that he is something special. He's not just a prophet, right? Those two, that's the second thing. And the third, we kind of talked about the disciples' faith begins. because And they realize, wow, this guy is somebody, we kind of thought like him, you know, he was kind of cool. We liked the way he was talking, we're going to follow him, but, well, he's only something special. Those are three things that are really important to understand here because they're all very big things going on here. Um, I want to touch a little bit on this idea that we kind of touched on here in, in that story with Ernest Hemingway uh, with his suicide um, about coming to God. You know, I think it's important to re remember that God created you and that um, I feel that we owe him a debt of gratitude. Our, our purpose on this earth is to love and serve God, to worship God, just to, to, to serve and worship God. That's our, that's our job. Now, what we would choose to do that is, is we have all different ways to do so. Some of us, it's, it's all about that being a person for others, a man and woman for, a man and woman for others. That's how you, you use your talents that God's been giving you, you use your abilities that God's given you, and you... You give those back to the world. You don't hold them in and just squander them. It's something if you've been given a gift like that, you should be giving it back to the world. And that's why we all be given different different gifts because we can give and all receive and all you know, get what we need out of life. Get through this part of our journey. But the, the, the point I want to make here is that I think it's important, and that this is why I think church is so important every Sunday, especially. But prayer is also very important. You have to pray, guys. Good times and bad times. The reason I say that is, look, it's very simple when things are going bad. It's very easy to turn to God and either with a blame, uh, you know, why, how could you do this, or um, to turn to God and beg for something. We need something now. We're hurting. You know, we, we, please help us. It's very easy to forget when times are going good that God is still the one in control here and the one making those things go good. And we ought to be offering our thanks and gratitude to him for that. How can you go to God asking for 
help, for you know, comfort, for those things that we desperately need at times of, of, of hurting, in times of grief, in times of want. If we can't also be as exuberant in our prayers of thankfulness when things are going well, I think you really, we really have to remember that. It's so important that we keep God in our lives all the time. He's always here, but we have to remember that and not kind of put him on the back burner when things are going good. Don't fall asleep on me yet. No, We're almost there. We're almost there. So that, I think that's important. I mean, it's, it's a small little part of the sermon today, but it's a huge part of our lives. And, you know, I've talked about prayer before. Prayer is not a conversation. Prayer is a, I'm sorry, prayer is not a monologue. Prayer is not a monologue. Prayer is a conversation between you and God. So don't just get on your knees and pray and say you want this and want that. And again, pray your little confession and get up and walk away. God, you know, is probably going to say something back. It's a conversation. He's not, you didn't make us with these two ears so we could hear nothing. So clear your mind, close your mouth, and listen. I guarantee you, if you'll take the time after you, you pray your traditional way, and just do it you know, 10 minutes a day, pray for five minutes like you normally do, and then for five minutes, just, just be still and just listen. It will come. God doesn't necessarily speak through our ears. He speaks through our gut. He speaks through our thoughts. He speaks through our feelings. And you just have to be in tune with that and understand that you could ask, you keep asking him how to get things and that you want things and that you need things. And he's trying to tell you. You just have to listen. He's trying to tell you. He's not just going to give it to you. He wants you to do it yourself. I understand it though sometimes. Okay. Tell me about it. Well, my whole life I've always been very easy to excel at anything that I do, like... That's a know, gift. And, and it will be just a wide variety of just mainly, like, building things, fixing things, anything with my hands, I'm, I'm in it with electronics or math or physics, but, you know, just, it could be building a fence I've maybe never done it before, and it, to go and do it, and it be just as good as, or if not damn near as good, if not better, uh, as someone that's been doing it for four years. Obviously, you've got a very, so very good gift God gave you, right? You know, you know, on my, what was it, my, my third day, I uh, controls electrician. I was already hooking units up. and It's great. My foreman was like, he was the owner's son, and he took a picture of it. And it was on Plano above that school up, up there in um, uh, McDermott and something else. But I asked him why he took a picture of it, long so short. And, He's like, because I'm kind of, I'm kind of jealous. Uh, yours kind of looks a little better than mine. Yours is a lot neater, and I've been, you know, I've been doing this since I've been diapers. My dad owns the company, but you know, so in that uh, meeting, like, uh, I, that's how things have come to be for me. But you know, here. So it's lady, a good thing. What's what's so bad about that? So here is like, um, you know, I've been, I've had some, I've had some uh, things happen. Gonna, I don't know. It's it's. They say that he already knows what's gonna happen. Like he so does. basically, when I started this cycle or whatever, it's like I don't know where the ending is because um, you know I got something bad. Uh, you know, felony charge. Okay. Over. You know, it was just it was just an odd case. Like it was just. I was drunk. I was, uh, you know, and I woke. I always woke up, and I had fallen asleep with my daughter. I do know that. That was the last thing I remember. It was pissed dark, 
in my apartment, and my girl had woken me up, and I, I, for the first time in my life, I, I didn't even care who it was. I like I didn't. My brain did not process um, that part. I just it was like human instinctual behavior. But you know, I ended up doing something bad enough to where it got me a felony, and and you know. Um, she didn't press charges, but the state picked him up because my daughter was involved. And, you know, I've been a smart kid. Graduated early, you know? And, um, so now what? You know, so... So now what? So now, now, now what? Hold on, hold on, I'm not done yet. I know you're not done, so but I'm trying to answer your question. How's so it help you answer your question here? You know, I, uh, you know, we work it out. We're still seeing each other. Go get her a burner phone. We had a 90-day protective order. Couldn't see her. She couldn't see me. Blah, 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 You know, and then, you know, now, you know, we're still talking about getting married. Blah, 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 You know, and then I'm like, okay, I'm going to enroll in a school. Because I had went out to the school to do it uh, that, that previous Mother's Day. But I was told by their family that all I cared about was myself. And that it wasn't realistic to go to work and go to school full time. So they kind of shut me out. So that's when the first time I took the moment to realize, you know, maybe maybe this is why God had made this moment because uh, it, caught, it 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 made it where like I had to live on my own and live with my mom and then for a little bit, you know, and then I ultimately ended up here. But you know, same vice versa, you know, she has my daughter, our daughter, with her mom, you know, so like it's given. There's no way. There's no way that I would have been able to go through this school and have a newborn. No. You know, and 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 help her. What you know, and to get done what needed to get done, and she going to work too. You know, 40, 50 hours a week. And so that being said, I thought that was. I thought that was the. I thought that's what why I got put because honestly, if that would have never happened, I would have never even had the opportunity to go back to school. I would never have thought. And my mom brought it up to my attention and I was like, look, you know, regardless of what happens in the end, at least if you do this, you know, you know you're going to be all right, no matter what. So, you know, I pursue the avenue. I'm going, I'm trucking. You know, I'm like, get done with generals, general, which uh, aviation institute maintenance, whatever. So, be an aircraft mechanic. And I do, now I've done 11, almost, I'm almost done with the program. I got eight months left, right? And they say I'm kicked out because I'm on felony probation. And so now what? Now this is a private school. I just and they told me that I can reapply and re-register under a different program. Well, how does that make any sense when you what? I'm gonna don't like why why would I be allowed to do that? Why because you're giving me a reason right now that a felony probation it's, so it's who's to say that you're not gonna just kick me out after a few months again like that's so it's like why have I wasted all this time to do the things that I, I've had to go through to do to do what have you prayed about this and have you listened you're angry you're angry, it's hard to open your heart up to listen to what God's trying to tell you. I know that. I'm not angry. No. I'm just, I, I, it doesn't make sense. Okay, well, let me, let me see, see like, from my point of view, as far as the, as the aviation thing goes. You know, understand, 
aviation mechanic is a, you have to have a certain level of security anywhere you're going to yeah, work. And there's only seven felonies. My felony does not keep me okay. from obtaining the federal license. You understood. I didn't say it did. But the school might feel that they put, that they may put their own regulations on it as to the kind of people that they want to be putting out of that, uh, that program. Uh, people that can be hired at certain places, certain things, and do certain things, and, and have certain clearances. Uh, so understand that it's just a policy that they're putting in and implementing. Uh, I think it's something you need to talk with them about. About if you, I mean, if there's another program, I don't think you want to go to another program. I think that's what you want to finish is that aviation, yeah. that aviation course. And so I mean, you just have to look for some another another avenue to get that done. Now that being said, I don't want to get into all the specifics with you now because we'd be here all day on my opinions on all of that. But I tell you this, I got it. Yeah, come on in. Um, God does not give you more than you can handle. Period. Now, no, it's not always easy. In fact, usually it's not easy. Yeah, but at the same time, it's tearing everything apart. Well, okay. With the end of something, the beginning of something else starts. That's the way our universe is. The way our universe works. Now, it's the choices that you make now with the free will that God's given you as to where you're going in life, where, where this leads you, where these stumbling blocks leave you. Okay? And that's something I think you really need to delve deep into yourself about. And I think you need to, like I said, pray and really try and clear everything out. Just really let it all go. Have a clear mind and really listen to what God says back to you. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not a holy, you know... Mentor, I'm not a you know a pope or, a, or any of those things. I'm just a person here trying to help you on your path. I, I can't tell you what move to make. I can give you my opinion as to what what move I would make. I know you're not. I know you're not. But I'm just saying, like you don't understand. Nonsense. If it, if you cross all your T's and dot all the I's, it's like where's this get? Where's this going? Well, that's what you need to ask God. You know, because my my. My options at this point, theoretically, like realistically, is entrepreneurship, masters of business, start my own business, because you can't, I can have as many felonies as I have want on my record, and you're not going to be able to keep me from making income from my making my own company business. Listen, that's like realistically the only avenue that I have. And those aren't appealing to you? And I wasn't. they, They are in a sense, but it's like I have. You know, I'm a creative person, I have good ideas, but like, you know, I just don't even know what or where to even think to start on. What maybe that's the issue. Maybe like, that's the issue. You don't, you don't know right now. You don't know right now. And maybe God's saw that, maybe that, you know, like I said, we know that God is all-knowing, right? We know that he knows the outcomes. But it's just that I'm, I'm going to, it's like, I've had too many gifts. And I've you too many times. What a horrible, what a horrible thing to happen. Have too many gifts. No, what I'm saying is I'm just... I have jealous stuff I've cheated yeah. death twice. Yeah. Yeah. So that means there's a reason this, you're supposed to be here. And for this to come to this point, it's like. Look, there's things that happen in this world, and a lot of it is hurtful. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not I know I wasn't a lot of it is unexplained. To be a. a, a, a a felon, a felony, or felonist, and be in jail no. with all the convicts, and no, we make mistakes. We don't want to avoid you. That's a damn sure. We make mistakes. We are human, and 
with those mistakes comes punishment, and, and that's that's just what it is. You're you have to you have to you know you have to stand up and 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 take <clears throat> what you get for doing what you did. You know whether you meant to or not, whether whatever it is, if they find you, you know that you did this in, in our court of laws here on earth, then they then so be it. You have to pay the fine for that. That doesn't necessarily mean it's a bad thing in the future for you. I mean, look, you may in a year from now decide, if you say to that program, that all of a sudden you no longer desire doing it. I mean, it's just, it's now it's boring, it's not what you want. Who knows? God does. Okay? And God, God gives us little nudges at times. And sometimes they're even speed bumps. Right. You know, where it's not always a lot of fun to go over them. You know, and you're going 90 miles an hour through the parking lot and you hit one of those Real big speed bumps. It hurts. It hurts. Yeah, yeah, it does. And I think that that's his way of saying, okay, "Look, yeah, you're doing great here, but remember some things. Remember to do this. Remember to do that. Remember to have some humility. Stay down here with me. You're not up here yet. Yeah, you got a lot of gifts. Remember who gave them to you. I don't walk around like that. Though. I know you don't. And I'm not saying you do. I'm saying that is a generalization. Okay. I cannot tell you your path. I don't know your path. You, the only one, you and God are the ones that know that path. So you have to talk to him about it. And you have to listen to what he says. It's hard to understand God a lot of times and what he's doing. Because God has that path laid for us. It's already done. He wants us to be here. And when we decide to go over here, it makes more sense. Hey, our mind says it makes more sense to go this way. Well, our mind isn't what he wants us to listen to at that point. Okay? He just wants us to use it. But he wants us to trust in him. And he has it laid out for us. He knows where he wants us to go, what he wants us to do. And by any means necessary, he tries to get us there. Not always the fun way, oftentimes a painful way. Mm -hmm. But I do believe that we have these lessons to learn on earth for a reason. We have these lessons to learn in this life for a reason. I don't know what that is. I, I've, I've not been to the afterlife, the, the, next, the next phase of, of our existence yet. I don't know. But I know that there, for some reason God's making us learn these things. I'm assuming that we're going to use these 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 gifts, these these the things that we learn here. I have a master's in six years. I don't have six years. I've got a you know I've got a dog. and it's like it's, it's what was so crappy about it because everyone was depending on that tab. I was depending on that tab. But it didn't. But now it's not going okay. to happen. Okay. So things change. So, so now, now what do you do? Do you sit and wallow in it and just? No, and, and, just what, what, you, what do you do? Is like now all my plants have. I've got to go back to the redrawing board right. when I don't think there, there realistically is not a realistic option. So you just give up? Just say, screw it. That's it. I'm, I'm, I can't do anything. I have all these wonderful talents that God gave me. And because I can't do what I want to do, I can't go and be, become an aviation mechanic. I want to do that, That's what, but I can't do that right now. It's not because of that, I'm going to sit here and wallow it. I know, you know, and that's my, my, the, the gifts that I have been, you know, whatever you want to call it, leaves the, it's very vast. It's not particularly like boom. It's, you know, anything working with my hands. Or just, I don't know. It's just a lot. It's very intricate. Well, here's very, the deal about that, though. Very, that's what makes it so wonderful for you is the fact that you do have those other abilities and the, all of these wonderful gifts that God gave you to, that you can use other places. Some people aren't that lucky. 
they know one thing and that's it. If they lose their job, mm -hmm. they don't have an option. They don't know what to do. You've been given a beautiful hand to play with. Mm -hmm. You got a flush over there. Everything happens for a reason. There are no coincidences in this world. I believe that. 100%. Okay? We'll talk some more, you and I, and uh, work some things out and see if we can get a little further. Okay? How are you, Gavin? I'm glad you joined us. I'm glad you joined us. Thank you for the vents. My pleasure. Okay. I'm going to uh, just kind of moves along here. Um, thank you for sharing with us. By the way, that was uh, that was good. I, I hope we can get to the bottom of things a little bit with you, kind of help you get through this. That's what that's what a congregation is for. That's what that's what it's about. Having a church and having somebody to lean on, having your friends here. If maybe somebody who has been here, who is here, has been there before and been through some of the things they're going through, and they can tell you, "Hey, I don't know about you, but this is what happened to me. This is how I got through it." That's what helps sometimes. Okay, sometimes that's what we need. All right. Okay. One last thing. We talked about this violin at the end. He couldn't get, you know, he couldn't get anything for this at this auction. You know, a dollar, two dollars, three dollars. Old oh. looking, beat up violin, right? Mm -hmm. And this guy comes up and picks it up and wipes off the dust and starts playing this beautiful song on this violin. All of a sudden, it's thousand dollars, two thousand dollars, three thousand dollars. I mean, everybody wants to buy it, right? For a dollar, that's a lot of money. But Alec, what's the what's the story? What's the what's the the, the what is the yeah. What is the, uh, what's the, 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 what are they trying to teach us here? Are you frugal? No. Yeah, no. No, they're trying to teach us that even though something may seem of little value at the time, once we hear how beautifully it sings, we can honestly understand its true value. I think that's, that's a great thing that you got for that. And I, I think it's probably very true. Um, and, and uh, you know, like I say all the time, the Bible, any kind of the writing, especially the Bible, is a kaleidoscope of different interpretations, and none of them are necessarily wrong. I think yours is right. I think that's true. It's not exactly what we touched on today, but yes, I think that's right. What I was going for was um, this little phrase that I said here at the end um, about the violin. Um, unless I didn't find it, I want to make sure I get this right. Hey, I can't get the picture right. There we go. Okay. So, here was the question: What changed its worth? What made it worth more? Yes, you, you I agree. A lot of it was you. You, you look past the, the 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 dirty old outside of it. You can hear the voice of it and see the beauty from the inside. It's a, it makes it changes the worth of it. It changes the value of that in so many different ways. So. The reply that we got was, what changed its worth? Swift came the reply, the touch of the master's hand. Let me just read this last part for you again so you all get it. He touches the wedding and lifts it, not just with the miracle, but also with his presence. He takes this ordinary wedding and he transforms it into that which is extraordinary. He takes a fisherman by the name of Peter and transforms him into the great preacher of Christendom takes a studious but quiet, insecure young clergyman by the name of John Wesley and uses him as a litmus for one of the great world's great revivals. He takes a young, frail, and frightened girl by the name of Teresa and transforms her into a Pulitzer Prize of Peace by the name of Mother Teresa. Mm -hmm. He takes that which is ordinary and transforms it. 
everyone else deserves everyone else serves the cheap wine near the inn, but he saves the best to last. The lesson was not lost on the disciples. Best to last. And don't let it be lost on you. So what changed its worth was its master, its its father, if you will, its God, the one who was Gave the value. Yes. And that gives us value. Not to say we're not valuable, but it also gives us self value, the self worth to know that God loves us as much as He does. Okay. I see the eyes starting to fade. Yeah, and I'm tired too, and I'm hungry. So, let's. Does uh, anybody have anything else for me today? Anything pressing? Okay. So, let's close this out in prayer. And then I will see you all next week at 3 o'clock for service. We'll try and start on time next week. Okay. Come on. Let's well, do this. Yeah, you're getting old. Is what it is. Oh, no, it means I'm really getting old. All right, let's do this, guys. Right. Anybody else like to pray today? Besides me. Nice and gentle. Nice and gentle. Okay. Lord, we thank you for this opportunity we had today to come together and speak about you and about our lives and about uh, how you affect us and how you mingle in and out of our lives and what we could do to know more about where we are to be today and where you want us to go. Lord, we ask you to keep us safe this week, keep us warm, whether it's been a little chilly here. We ask you to keep all those out there who are stuck in the cold also to be warm and if they're hungry to be help them be fed. Lord, uh, we ask you for guidance for ourselves, for our friends, for our family. And just help us to know where we're going. Help us to hear your voice when we pray. We ask all of this through Christ our Lord. Amen. Mm -hmm. All right, guys. See you next week. Thank you.